Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Reverend Harrison Mungai. Reverend Harrison is the lead pastor at Grace Point Church. Once again, I welcome you to our podcast on Fridays. I will be your host and we shall be hanging out together thinking about how the gospel applies to real life. You could actually call it Christian living on Fridays. Or in other words, what does it look like to follow Jesus today? Now, I know this is a broad area. There are so many things that you can talk about. You can have a conversation around so, so many things. But in order for us to have a focus, we're going to narrow down our conversation to three key areas. Now, I don't know why they have to be three, but everybody agrees that three is about good. And these three are theology, culture, and politics. Very good combination for you to wake up to on a Friday morning. But if you ask me, why do we have to focus on these three areas? And I'll say, I have an interest in all three of them, in theology, in culture, and politics. I love talking about these things. But also because I think you can actually boil down all of human experience to these three things. To theology, because it's our understanding of and relationship with God, so really, really important. To culture, because just about everything of human experience has got a cultural angle to it. So it's about how we live and how we love, how we interact with the world around us, who we love. Um, Basically, everything really is uh, very much uh, culturally defined. And politics, because um, politics is uh, about resources and the distribution of those resources and uh, inclusion uh, in the decision making. And these are all very important areas of Christian life. So please join me every Friday as we delve into this subject. Today we are going to think about the term Christian, for indeed, first things first, we need to define who is a Christian. If we are talking about Christian living, it only makes sense for us to understand who a Christian really is. As you would know, the term itself, Christian, is riddled with many meanings. Many people would say different things when they use the term Christian. For instance, Someone might actually say, I am a Christian, and that could actually be meaning that they attend a church or they go to a Christian gathering on a Sunday morning or even on a Saturday. Someone else might actually say, uh, I am a Christian because I, I have a Christian name. And even when I am asked to fill a form um, and it has a box where I need to tick my religion, then I tick Christian. Others might say, oh, but I was raised a Christian. I always went to church together with my parents. I might even say that I was baptized in a Christian church. and Therefore, uh, I would consider myself a Christian. And whereas those, you know, descriptions are by no means uh, removed from um, the essence of Christianity, I think there is a lot more that needs to be said about who really a Christian is. In the most simplest way um, of defining this, a Christian 
basically is a follower of Christ. Is a follower of Christ. Christ and one who follows or one who um, believes and actually follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. It's very interesting that the term itself, you know, comes from Jesus' um, uh, title, uh, which is mm-hmm. Christ, uh, and then earn, Christian, Jesus' um, work as Messiah, Christos, uh, and then those who believe in his messianic work of saving God's people. But it would be good to, to think about this uh, actually from a, uh, a biblical point of view. It's a word in the Bible. Yes, it is. Um, we got the word Christian used on at least three occasions or uh, three times in the Bible or in the New Testament. We come across the term first in the book of Acts chapter 11. And then we we'll see it again in Acts 26. And finally, we see it in 1 Peter 4 verse 16. Now, there are other sections where the idea of God's people or um, uh, those who are followers of Jesus are described in other, term, in other terms, but specifically the word Christian has been used on these three occasions. Why don't we look at Acts uh, chapter 11 and see in the context in which the word is used, then look at Acts 26, 28, and finally 1 Peter. Then hopefully we should be able to learn at a helpful definition and and even implication of such a definition for who um, a Christian really is. So come with me to Acts chapter 11. I think for context, to build context, we read from verse 19 and all the way to uh, 26. I'm reading from the ESV version, uh, just so that uh, we are clear and you're able to follow me. Acts 11, 19. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Mm-hmm. He came and saw the grace of God. He was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. It's a short passage there that uh, tells us about the church in Antioch, one of these uh, places in the northern uh, part um, of the country um, towards Syria, this um, uh, city called Antioch. It describes to us a number of things you know there there is those who have scattered because of uh, Stephen's persecution they have gone everywhere and what are they doing they are speaking uh, and they are preaching the Lord Jesus Christ they are talking about the Lord Jesus their savior we're also told that the hand of the Lord is together with them 
Many people are believing and turning to the Lord. That's what it says in verse 21. And you know, these reports get to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. So they said Barnabas to go and encourage them. And he comes and what does he see? The grace of God is right here with these people gathered in Antioch. And what does he do? He encourages them to remain faithful um, and steadfast, really to be faithful to the Lord and steadfast with purpose. Then um, we, we are told then he goes down to encourage uh, uh, Paul to come and, uh, and, and join them. He brings him with him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they meet up with the church. They teach many people. And it is right here that the believers or the disciples are first called Christians, which in a sense actually answers um, our question because it is actually the name disciples that have now that has now been substituted or at least uh, alternatively used with the word Christian. So really, basically, Christians are disciples, which, is, which means followers, followers of the Lord. But if you unpack this passage a little bit further before we go to the next one, you, you can see a number of operative words. And I think the big one here, of course, is, um, is disciple. But there, there are a few other operative words that you would be able to, to pick out from this section. One of them, you see a proclamation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It does seem to be quite evident here that what, what's going on here with these disciples is they are preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a centrality there of the gospel. They are preaching the Lord Jesus. But you also notice something else. The hand of the Lord is with them. In other words, the grace of God is at work. And again, you will see that further down in verse 23, the grace of God. You know, it is quite evident the work of God is going on here. Another operative word you see is that uh, there is believing, a great number of people believing that is, um, believing in their heart the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is also conversion. You know, they turned to the Lord. Again, in 21, it is those who have turned to the Lord. They have believed the good news, then they have turned to the Lord. That is, they had turned around, which is actually the word for repentance, which is to turn around uh, to forsake a former way of life and then to embrace a new way of life. It is to repent from the world and then to turn to the Lord. So what we are fighting there in verse 21. And something else that you see, you see fruit of that uh, is that there is faithfulness to the Lord. That's what... Um, um, Barnabas encourages them that we find in verse 23, he sees the grace of God that is at work, that is evident among them, and he actually exhorts them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Which is very important. What marks out these Christians is the grace of God, which is quite evident uh, among them. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is being proclaimed among them. It is the repentance that is turning away from seeing that is also uh, quite evident among them. And then turning to the Lord. They have not just repented uh, from other things, but they have actually turned to the Lord himself. And the fruit of that then is that there is faithfulness 
what uh, Barnabas is speaking to them about is faithfulness to the Lord and steadfastness of purpose, which is where then the conclusion there that uh, the writer of Acts, who is a Luke, uh, says that and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. What kind of people are these called Christians? They are these disciples you know, among whom the hand of the Lord, that is the grace of the Lord, is evident, among whom the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is proclaimed, it's among whom there has been faith, that is, there has been believing of that gospel. It is among those who have turned, turned to the Lord. It is those who then have experienced the grace of God. And um, the result of that is that there has been faithfulness to the Lord and indeed steadfastness of purpose. These really are the followers of Jesus, are the followers of the Savior, which is what Christians really are. So you don't come across any, you know, anyone, you know, here, you know, the idea of baptism is not yet here. I'm not discounting the fact that uh, baptism is an important um, initiation um, into, into becoming a Christian, by no means, but it's not what really makes one a Christian. It's already those who are already Christians that actually get baptized. But we come another, across another incident when the word Christian is used. This time, it is by Paul. Um, it's actually not by Paul. It's by um, governor. Uh, when Paul is making his defense before him, uh, he tells of his conversion here, uh, in Acts chapter 26 from verse 28. He's giving his own testimony of how he became a Christian. And in another, um, sort of almost like a mockery, uh, in verse 28, King Agrippa says to Paul, in a short time, you persuade me to be a Christian. Are you trying to convince me to become a Christian um, and that's Paul's desire, actually. He says, answers him, whether short or long, I would that God, not only you, but also who hear me this day, might become such as I am, that is, Christian, except, of course, for the chains that he was already in. Now, the context of that story, that second incident, where the term Christian is used, again, is one of testimonies, one of um, describing what the gospel has done in Paul's life, and then the result of it, uh, which is um, the pain and the suffering that he, he seems to be going through. Let me read just verse 19 of Acts 26 and following a few, a few more verses, just to build a bit of context before we move on. Acts 26, 19, Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here, testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass. What? 23. That the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. 
Everybody thought he was mad. 24. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Paul, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I'm not, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I'm speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? 29. And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also who hear me this day, might become such as I am, except for these chains. Paul has an opportunity there, right, to talk about the gospel. And what uh, King Agrippa hears, you know, is, you know, are, are you really trying to make me a Christian? What did King Agrippa hear in Paul's defense that uh, made him think that he's trying to persuade him to be a Christian? Well, Paul is talking about his own conversion, his own repentance and turning to God, but also his message, um, you know, his message, particularly look at verse 20. He declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout the region of Judea and to Gentiles, what? That they should repent and turn to God, but also performing deeds that are in keeping with repentance. In other words, that element of um, the gospel, repentance and turning to God is also here, just as we saw it in Acts chapter 11, repenting, turning to God. But there is also the second part there, performing deeds that are in keeping with repentance. So he begins with that, you know, by saying, you know, repent, turning, you know, turning to God, and then leaving out a life that actually shows that repentance. But actually, Paul goes even further to, you know, you know, describe the gospel, you know, talking about, um, you know, he's talking about Christ uh, all the way from the prophets, as had been proclaimed earlier on. The prophets and Moses had actually said what would come to pass, that Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to the Jews and to the Gentiles, which is indeed that the heart of Christianity is the gospel. You know, Jesus is um, life, you know, he's um, uh, rising from the dead, he's suffering, he's uh, death and resurrection. That indeed is a gospel. It is at the heart of Christianity. So anyone who, you know, talks about I'm a Christian, but they have no idea or no understanding really of the gospel. That is Christ's suffering, Christ's death and Christ's resurrection. Really, that would not truly be a Christian. That theme of... Um, then uh, leaving out the gospel is picked on, uh, is picked up again by Peter, writing in 1 Peter 4 verse 16. And, and the verses just before, which is the third incidence of the three where the word Christian is used in the Bible. And, you know, he, he writes in uh, 1 Peter 4 um, from verse 12 and following, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. 
But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. And he goes on to talk about suffering as a believer. In other words, bearing fruit because becoming or being a Christian has in itself um, suffering embedded in it. You can't quite um, sit comfortably and yet you are a Christian. There is always going to be discomfort because the world is not our home. Christians are uh, those who suffer even for their own identity. In fact, it's quite difficult nowadays to come and say, I'm a Christian. We are a scandalized lot. Many people would, uh, you know, would think that uh, perhaps are a, a, you know, a hypocrite or something, or you are judgmental. But yeah, that's, that's what it means to, to be a Christian. Uh, there will be suffering, there will be pain, there will be difficulties to it. So in these three instances, we find the gospel is quite clearly defined. How we come to it is also clearly spelled out and how we live it out. And that is being a follower of Jesus, being a disciple, means those who believe the good news of our salvation as revealed to us in the pages of scripture, in the uh, Christ life and death um, and resurrection. There is also living it out by performing deeds that are in keeping with that repentance. That's what uh, being a Christian then means. So then my question to us today as we come to the end of this um, first episode of uh, Christian Living on Fridays is, that are you really a, a Christian? You're really a Christian or uh, um, perhaps it's just a label that you put on yourself. But, you know, these elements of understanding the gospel, believing the gospel, living out the gospel um, are not evident in your life. You might, you might ask me, how do I know? Well, um, it's exactly what I've just been sharing the last 15, 20 minutes. Do you believe in the Lord? You know, do you obey his word? You know, is that descriptive of your lifestyle? In other words, are you truly converted? Are you truly converted? Or are you living an old, sinful um, life? Is the grace of God evident in your life? Is it at work? Is it clear that the Lord is at work in your heart and in your life? And if you are or have been converted, are you faithful to the Lord? Are you following him with a steadfast purpose? Is that descriptive of you? Now, that's not to mean that uh, there might not be incidences where that has not been the case or that has not been um, uh, you know, quite seen in the sense that you might have slipped into sin. But is there a pattern? Of faithfulness and of following the Lord Jesus Christ steadfastly and finally the question might be are you bearing fruit of righteousness those who repent then must follow their repentance with bearing fruit how do you know who are believers it is by the fruit that they bear so as we carry on with our conversation every Friday around theology around culture and politics we come to this from a Christian perspective, from a Christian mindset. We engage issues of understanding God's word and engaging on theological questions, cultural questions, political economic questions as well, from a Christian mindset. But it's important that first and foremost, we would understand who truly a Christian is. 
A Christian is a disciple. He is a follower of Jesus Christ. He is one who is with the Lord, in whom the Lord lives. The Holy Spirit of God dwells with them. They have turned away from their sin, and they have turned towards righteousness that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so may the Lord bless you as you um, keep asking these questions and as you engage these issues. But if you have other uh, concerns or matters that you'd like for us to uh, clarify even further, uh, please post them in the comment section of your favorite uh, platform where you listen to this podcast from. And we will be happy to engage these questions more and more. So next week, we look forward to um, meeting again and then ask ourselves uh, further questions on Christian living on Fridays. May the Lord bless you and thank you for your time and for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Grace Point Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website, gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again for a new episode. Goodbye.